0: You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman. This
1: is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid.
0: Baltimoreans.
1: It's good to be back
0: Baltimoreans. Baltimoreans, how are y'all doing? I am fresh from the Andes. Welcome back, sir. How many times in your life do you get to say, "Hey, I just got back from the damn <laughs> Andes?"
1: Not all that often. And I, I think you should say, take advantage of saying that as much as you possibly can as a result. I think another time that you could say it is if you had a ska band called the Damn Andes. <laughs> which is an
0: amazing ska band name. Which is, it's not an unlikely ska band name, I don't think. No, I, c- I could see it happening. And if But you would just, you say that every time you had a show? Well, you would say if you went to see the show. Right. Then And you came home afterwards. Just and got and back you from were, the Damn Andes. You would say, I just got back from the Damn Andes. But you wouldn't say it in quite the same way. No, no, no! You, no, you say, would like, say the damn Andes. You, when you go to the actual Andes, like the mountains, you have to say the
1: damn Andes. <laughs> so what's up? Well, uh, welcome back. Thank you. And uh, we're glad that Sam made it back just in time for episode sixty. <laughs> Whoo! The big six zero. Yep, snuck in under the wire. An interesting fact for you, Sam, by the number sixty. Okay. It's that the it is the Babylonian number system had a base sixty instead of a base ten like we use.
0: Oh, that seems confusing.
1: <laughs> it, it 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 would be hard to 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 use, and it has to do with the fact that the number sixty is divisible by multiple things, so you could make like weird decimals and things. But we inherited actually a lot of that from the Sumerian civilization, uh, and one of the legacies of that number code is the reason why we have sixty seconds in a minute, oh. sixty minutes in an hour, okay, three thousand six hundred seconds in the CBS news program sixty minutes. <laughs> Um, And in many ways, we can blame the Babylonians for the fact that Yankees versus Red Sox games take an average of 211 minutes to play. They do? 211 minutes. Wait, wait, wait. Between the Yankees and the Red Sox, on average. A single game? Over the last five years. That's more than three and a half hours per game on average. Meaning that some of those games are absolutely brutal. (laughs) To quote Mark Teixeira, sometimes Yankee first baseman... I can't stand playing a nine-inning game in four hours. It's not baseball. I don't even know how to describe it. If I was a fan, why would I want to come? Watch people sitting around and talking back and forth, going to the mound, two-o sliders in the dirt. Four-hour games can't be fun for a fan either. To which we say, shut up, Mark. <laughs> no one cares what you think. You obviously don't know what fun <laughs> is. Sixty- interestingly enough, was also the winning answer to the final three questions in the 2004 World Trivia Classic. The three questions being, Mm -hmm. what is the correct answer to the question, le gustara un poco de café? Which Super Bowl was played in the year of the American Bicentennial? And what would you get in a standard Unicode system if you were to type in U plus 0054? Oh, well, the last one's a gimme. (laughs) C-X-T.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> 60. The answer
1: do you want coffee is of course yes. In Spanish, C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Super Bowl was played at the American bicentennial was Super Bowl X or ten. And if you were to type U plus 0054 into any standard Unicode system, you would get a rendition of the letter T. Well, obviously, <laughs> right everyone knows that one. That one. <laughs> Of course also, <laughs> in this day in history, August 1st, in 1774, British scientist Joseph Presley discovered oxygen. My boy J. Press? J. Press. and the world breathed a huge sigh of relief to mm-hmm. know what we had been breathing that entire time. Also, on this day in history, well, technically today, the world was introduced to the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Yeah, yeah. Of which we, the Baltimoreans, are a proud founding member. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done the bell instead of that weird sound. We're going to we're going to we're going to drop in the sound effects anyway. Oh so. right, 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 <laughs> right. That's going to go here.
2: Baltimore is a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Woo! Find find more podcasts like this at baltimoresportsreport.com.
1: We're very excited to be a, a, a
0: founding member of the Baltimore Sports Network. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are really thrilled to make this announcement along with our fine feathered friends. I can actually kind of say that. Yeah, uh, that works. We, uh, our friends Section 336, Oriole Spastics, Eye View, and the Baltimore Sports Report. Uh, we form the five-umvirate of podcasts <laughs> in the Baltimore Sports Report Network, which you can find at baltimoresportsreport.com slash network. Um, or if you just go to baltimoresportsreport.com, click on network. You can see all of our all of our feeds there. You can listen to all of the shows on one page. Here's an idea for you. You're sitting at work right now, you gainfully employed listener you. <laughs> why don't you fire up a new tab in your Chrome browser? Uh, why don't you go over to baltimoresportsreport.com, click on network. You've got a full slate of all your Orioles podcast listening needs right there. Now... When it comes to Section three thirty six, Oriole Spastics and Bird's Eye View, I don't even need to vouch for them because you've heard them on this show. They are better at
1: this than we are, <laughs> so, and they have proved it. Yes, in, in the the radio equivalent of black and white. <laughs> yes. Now, Baltimore sports zeroes and ones. What do we <laughs> wait, waves and signs? These people know Unix. <laughs> it, it's fine. <laughs> We don't have to explain the technical aspects of this to them. But they all knew that the Unicode system for T was U plus 0054, so they're already ahead of the curve.
0: <laughs> now, Baltimore Sports Report, while we have not yet had them on our own airwaves here, we will be doing that soon, of course, uh, and they—that that is also a really excellent show, so you should be checking that out too. And here's what's cool about the page. Not only can you hear our most recent episodes, you can hear every single episode in the series of each show. It is quite awesome
1: and your your
0: daily listening has basically been revolutionized
1: and by accounted launch. for uh given the number of hours logged on the respective mics of the five shows for the next six months <laughs> yes
0: yes what you should probably do is go back and listen to all of the old episodes of everybody else's show uh so that you can forget about how the orioles have been playing lately <laughs> <laughs> get on it oh wait no i don't know how the orioles have been playing lately. <laughs> i just ruined the next part of the
3: part of the show
1: Well, (laughs) that's going to make this intro seem a little bit trite. (laughs) But Sam, you've been away for a while. I've been in the damn Andes. (laughs) As we mentioned before on this program. (laughs) A <laughs> little, little bit of rust. A little bit of rust to be shaken off as we get back into the swing of things. It's okay. Here, folks. It's okay. Everyone's having fun, <laughs> but uh, a, a lot has happened um, up right up into the trade deadline. Really, and all sorts of interesting things while you were gone. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm going to read you a few questions. I just want to get sort of a lightning round set of responses to a series of questions. Sure. So, just tell me how you feel about the following things. Okay, Bud Norris is starting tonight. Against the Astros, Mm -hmm. are you at all worried that he will throw the game and assist his old team in defeating Baltimore? Alan, how
0: could Bud Norris be starting (laughs) against the Astros? He plays for the Astros.
1: Doesn't he? (laughs) No longer. No longer he is now. Uh, I'm pretty excited about Bud Norris joining the Baltimore Orioles organization. You say that like somebody who has uh, looked at the numbers ahead of time and
0: noted That Bud Norris has thrown quality starts in 62% of his outings this year, which is the exact same figure as that of Jake Peavy, who is
1: older and more injury-prone. And he's under team control for the next two years, meaning he's not just a rental for the next four months.
0: I didn't not know
1: that. (laughs) It's also nice that we only had to give up, like, a bag of peanuts, LJ hose, and a very nice thank you card on, like, scented stationary to get him
0: in the words of a commenter on school of rock o's hose goes to Stro's. <laughs> wow my head is off too. whoever came up with that brilliant that yeah wow yeah. wow and 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 it is true that the orioles hose is now in a different area code <laughs> that's true.
2: That's not as good That's not as good. i was
1: looking for a way to work that in and no. I, I just couldn't i couldn't do it i think we should just leave it there and move okay on. So are you concerned that Chris Davis has managed to only hit one home run and at a 2-2-2 clip since you left? No, no, no.
0: Surely. Surely. <laughs> because again, I haven't been paying attention. Surely Chris Davis has continued his Lights Out production uh, that he was, uh, that he was uh, offering us. Uh, leading up to the all-star break right he has now struck
1: out in 26 consecutive games that's not a good streak <laughs> no nope. no actually he may not have struck out last night but before that it was 26 consecutive 26
0: games. consecutive games yeah you know yeah. i have been getting into a thing lately where I, I, again not lately i mean before <laughs> i went to the damn Andes, um where i will look at an orioles box score and i'll look at chris davis's line because up until this point it's been fun to do that yeah it has and i'll look at it and towards the end of his batting line i'll see a crooked number and i'll be like my boy chris davis with the rbi oh (laughs) oh that's one over from rbi those are strikeouts (laughs) again
1: damn it yeah yeah it's um it's a his swing has gotten loose again well tighten that shit up uh you know i'm
0: comforted by the fact that uh it, it, you know, it can't be like Manny Machado's batting average has fallen
1: under 300, is it? <laughs> he hasn't hit a double in 22 straight games.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's roughly the same time as Chris Davis has been striking out consecutively. I know, it's weird. All right, a couple more for you. Okay. Do you agree with the following statement from William Nathaniel Showalter mm. in regards to a pending lifetime ban from baseball for Alex Rodriguez? Okay. Removing him from the Yankees' payroll? Quote... They're under the luxury tax, and if they can reset, they can spend again. And I guarantee you, in two years, Matt Wieters is in New York. Two years from now, Matt Wieters will be a damn Yankee. Some spikes on the tongue of Buck (laughs) Showalter. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to say, right?
0: That seems kind of... I mean, I guess my initial response is that seems very kind of... Okay, this one, ladies and gentlemen, I I honestly actually didn't know... (laughs) about this one. Because <laughs> let's be honest, every time I found a pocket of internet in the damn Andes, I was checking my MLB <laughs>
1: app. Let's let's be real here. But this one is uh actually hot off the literal presses. I didn't know about this
0: one. So that see cuz to me, that seems very pointed at Matt Weeters.
1: It does. And it feels it feels uh like he's calling Weeters a traitor preemptively. Yeah, and it seems like he's
0: kind of he he's kind of pointing out that Matt Weeters probably knows that even though he has been a to the Biz mal this year. Uh, he is zero
1: for his last 20.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even though he's been like, I, I mean, uh, true, the defense has been there. But even though he's been awful this year, he knows that he's still one of the top three catchers that it, uh, in the American League. And he knows that when he becomes a free agent, that's going to be worth a certain amount of money, even if he keeps putting up the production that he's putting up right now. And that the Yankees are going to be willing to pay for that. He, he's bas- Buck Showalter is basically calling Matt Wieters out and saying, is that the guy you're going to be? <laughs> you going to be this douchebag? Is that who you're but going to be? But it's
1: also a very interesting point about the fact that the Yankees are about to, once again, for every fucking time that I've been a baseball fan, have their cake and eat it too. It's true. Because they're going to have had a productive Alex Rodriguez for eight or nine years of mm-hmm. being that guy who you have to start like pitching around or getting ready for three to four batters ahead who hit ridiculous numbers of home runs who was a terror in the middle of the lineup who helped them win a world series and then now that he is a demonstrably bad and b the chickens have come home to roost in the proverbial steroids barn yep (laughs) they're going to get to walk away from that and as an organization not be on the hook for the terrible contract they signed
0: the team that invented the albatross contract <laughs> is not gonna have to suffer the slings and arrows of an albatross contract are we still paying for albert bell i think we're still paying for albert bell <laughs> we're probably still paying him something the, you know the mets just uh, two weeks ago started paying bobby Bonilla
1: <laughs> a million, million, million bucks a year for the next like 10 years it, it, it is unconscionable that they gave him that contract but it is far, far worse that they are now about to be able to walk away from it scot-free. It's unbelievable. It's un. It's it, it's just terrible.
0: And and it's one of those things where like, uh, I don't want to be uh, somebody who is who is accused of wanting Alex Rodriguez to play in baseball games. But they should have. <laughs> They should be required to run him out there every day and watch him slowly disintegrate <laughs> into,
1: into a pool of deer antler serum. And, well, on the other hand, their starting third baseman right now is Brent Lillibridge, so it's not going to get a lot worse over there. <laughs> have, we,
0: have we never made a Brent Lillibridge bridge pun? Is that not something we've ever done?
1: I didn't realize that he was a Major League Baseball player until very recently.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, all right. Uh, I can't think of one right now, so we
1: should probably just leave it there then. Probably just leave it there. you're listening to Baltimoreans the home of the all-weather fan and it appears that Sam's out of the room and the tape is rolling which must mean it's another interview with Dan Duquette uh, I should have learned Baltimoreans my lesson last year when Sam had the gall to go on vacation in Europe smack dab in the middle of the American League Division series the first Orioles playoff appearance in 15 years leaving me here all alone to suffer in solitude as the Orioles got shellacked at the hands of the Yankees. I suppose I shouldn't therefore be at all surprised that he vanished to Peru this summer, precisely at the trading deadline in the thick of the most exciting American League East pennant race in years. I used to think I could count on my friendship with Sam to guide me through the seemingly rudderless meanderings of the Orioles' front office, but at this point, it's abundantly clear that the tables have turned. Sam is clearly a two-faced, unreliable, globe-trotting hack. And Orioles Executive Vice President of Baseball Operations, Dan Duquette, is the very manifestation of reliable, steady-handed decision-making. He joins me once again this evening on the phone. Dan, are you out there?
3: Alan, I am here. I am there. I am literally everywhere. Listen to me, Alan Smith. Do you want to talk trading deadline? I do. Gary Ryan from the Twins. He calls me last week. He says, Hey, Danny boy. I say, Damn it, Terry. Don't you ever associate me with that tear-jerking earworm of an Irish ballad ever again, or else I'm going to stop calling you T-Bone and start calling you T-Pain. Are we clear? He says, Dan, Dan, I'm sorry. You know I love it when you call me T-Bone. I said, Terry, your last name's Ryan. I should be calling you trying. What are you trying to offer me right now? He says to me, V-Cups, baby, listen to me. You're H's. They're what the kids call abysmal. They're slashing, what, 214, 265, 374? Let me tell you about a close personal friend of mine, a guy named Justin Morneau.
1: Wait, uh, Dan, hold on a second. Uh, I'm going to look past the alarming amount of nicknames in that past sentence. I'm going to look past the fact that our current DH, Henry Uridia, has hit, uh, I believe, safely in seven of his last ten games. You're saying that Terry Ryan and Justin Morneau, like, hang out? I didn't realize team executives and players actually mingled socially.
3: Are you kidding me? Remind me to tell you the story of the time Troy Patton and I got wrecked on King Cobras at brunch and spent an afternoon learning how to make paella. That but is I disturbing. Digress.
1: That Alan, is disturbing. I
3: says to Terry Ryan, I says, Care Bear, let me have some quibbles here. First off, the kids are not calling anything abysmal because that word has at least two too many syllables for the average product of the 17th ranked education system internationally to capably pronounce. Secondly, my friend, I say unto you more no, more like more no thanks. And while you're at it, you can keep your closer as well. Because while Perkins may be a good name for an affordable family steakhouse, I already dealt a meat monikered member of my organization by the name of Nikki Delmonico for a flame throwing reliever who the kids do call K Rod. So you can just beef quiet.
1: Wow. You know, uh, my only regret from that amazing pun run there is that Josh Willingham was injured, or else there would be even more meat puns at your disposal during that phone call.
3: Yeah, it's really too bad he's hurt.
1: But Dan, if I could just ask you, are you sure you don't miss an opportunity to upgrade the offense down the stretch? I mean, Morneau is hitting, what, 272 off right-handed pitching, and he's only owed about $4.6 million the rest of the way. You couldn't have, like, split with the Twins and sent them someone like Nolan Reimald?
3: Alan, I resent the suggestion that Nolan Reimold is anything but a valuable member of this organization and a key part of our long-term
1: plans. (laughs) Are you sure about that? Because I sort of think you have this sick yearly routine where you just do a Wikipedia search for the name of an obscure neck ligament and then put him on the 60-day DL for straining one of them when you need to free up some kind of roster space.
3: How? There you, Alan? I don't even know what Wikipedia is.
1: Uh, then where'd you get that statistic about the United States' international education ranking?
3: Oops, oops, I'm so sorry, Alan. I've gotta go. That's my waiver wire alarm. It seems the pirates have just re-released Brandon Inge.
1: Are you really going to tell me you'd rather have Brandon Inge than Justin Morneau? Dan? Ah. See, now you're gonna make me waste my grave Inge justice pun. That's too bad. I think he would have liked that pun. You're listening to Baltimore, the home of the
0: all-weather fan. This is Alan Smith. And this is Sam Dingman and ladies and gentlemen, but mostly ladies. (laughs) I learned some moves in the damn Andes. (laughs) The, the moves I learned were falling off a mountain bike. <laughs> Those are the moves that I learned. How was that? Falling off a mountain bike? Yeah. Uh, it was... Um, it, there was nothing good about it. No? No.
1: No redeeming? No silver lining?
0: There was nothing good about it. Uh, I, riding up a Peruvian volcano on a mountain bike? Sounds seems, pretty sweet. It seems like it would be harder, though, am I right, than riding down a Peruvian volcano? <laughs> Not true. Gravity. Gravity. It's a bitch. Stay the hell away from me. That's a little John Mayer for you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in case you haven't figured it out, we've reached the
1: listener email portion of the program. (laughs) That was our traditional listener email intro. (laughs) Um, We have a lot of uh, fantastic emails and contacts that we have been um, saving up as I've been out of town and Sam's been out of town, but we really appreciate you all writing in. Um, And we would encourage you to continue to do so. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we would. We'd like to reach us at uh, baltimoreanspodcast at gmail.com. Indeed. You can also call us and leave us a voicemail.
0: 909-RIB-WARS is the number to do that. We're going to play one of those in just a few minutes. But first, uh, in episode 58, ladies and gentlemen, we referenced the notion of anti-retirement referring to the idea that the number 58 should be anti-retired due to its dubious role in both Oriole and baseball history. Right. Now, listener Adam took some issue with uh, (laughs) what he views, I think, as a sort of casual, casual treatment of the concept of anti-retirement. Oversimplistic, I think. Oversimplistic, yes. He writes... If you are going to invent a concept as good as anti-Jersey retirement, you should be much more careful when coining a term to describe it. <laughs> I propose the following definition of jersey slash number retirement terms. Number one, anti-retirement, having one's jersey taken down from the rafters. So unretired, essentially. Yes. Okay. Uh, Michael Jordan style, Right. I think. Um, bizarro retirement. Retired for being so bad that the number is now cursed. This would be known as the Garrett Atkins Clause, I believe. <laughs> this clearly means that Bud Norris is doomed because he will be wearing number 25, which previously was worn by, are you ready for this? Rafael Palmero. Ooh. Garrett Atkins. Oof. Nick Johnson. Wow. Uh, Derek Lee. Oh. And now, uh, LJ Hose, and now Bud Norris. Wow. Uh, Adam continues. De facto retirement. A great player is close to being retired, so no rookies can take that number. Ah. Roid-tirement. <laughs> retired for greatness in the steroid era. Sabre-tirement. <laughs> A guy for whom all the geeks lobby, but who has no popular traction. Huh. This would be known, I guess, as the... Uh, the what? The Ben Zobrist clause. The Yeah, the, the Zobrist corollary. Yeah, future uh, Saber Hall of Famer Ben Zobrist. <laughs> this is nothing against Ben Zobrist, by the way. He's a hell of a baseball player. Uh, and being 42'd, which, of, of course, needs no explanation. No
1: explanation at all. I think that that, that is a much more complete version than we uh, so flippantly put on our air. Indeed. Indeed, I think and I'd is. like to take the time to apologize to our listeners for... Uh, giving them a such a incomplete definition. You know, I- I'm thankful at a moment
0: like this that we don't exactly have a reputation for laziness and a lack of preparation, because otherwise this would just be another nail in the coffin. <laughs> 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 um, okay, okay. Another thing I'm grateful for is we don't have a reputation for getting uh, perhaps um, unnecessarily, unnecessarily political on this show. <laughs> Thank God we don't do that, because otherwise people might have... Felt it was the last straw when, again, in episode fifty-eight, got to talking about the All-Star Game. You know, certain kind of hippy-dippy ideas started flying around. Um, We we basically felt like it was a a sham and a farce, and (laughs) shared that opinion. Right now, um, we were so busy uh, using the a lot of the five-dollar political words (laughs) that we neglected to do the research on why the outcome of the all-star game has implications for home field advantage in the world series whilst still hinging on fan vote <laughs> <laughs> yes this of course did not stop us from saying that we think it is a load of bullcrap <laughs> even though we did not know the origins of us of it thankfully uh several people came forward to <laughs> enlighten in, us enlighten us that's a nice way of putting it enlighten us we also received a call on this um that was actually directed uh at uh one of our staff members oh. here at Baltimore Ons. If you're listening to the show for the first time, <laughs> brilliance like this does not happen with just the two of us.
1: Right. We have we have a, we have, a, we have a, a huge team here.
0: Yes. Uh, among them, an intern named Scotty, <laughs> who is charged with uh, kind of uh, keeping us honest and, and catching us when we make errors. So listener Don
2: called in uh, with
0: the following message for Scotty.
2: Hi. This message is for intern Scotty. Uh, Scotty, this is Don from Columbia, Maryland. I figured I'd give you a helping hand the, the boys in this week's episode made so many mistakes that uh, I'm sure you're swamped with things to do, so I thought I'd help you with the fact-checking with regard to the All-Star Game deciding the home field advantage. It, it was not uh in response to steroid testing or a post-lockout, post-strike initiative. Uh, if you guys recall, it happened about 10 years ago, maybe a few less, after the All-Star game in Milwaukee, when Bud Selig was present, was, was present for the game. Joe Torrey was the AL manager. I can't remember the NL manager. And the game went into extra innings, and they literally ran out of pitchers. And a lot of people blame Tory for, in his era of being the manager, using all the pitchers, you know, letting each starter only go one inning, and thus just blowing through all the pitchers by the 10th or 11th. And the game ended in a tie, and there was that famous sort of screen cap of Bud Seeley sitting in the first row, uh, shrugging his shoulders because the, the the managers literally talked to him and said, "What should we do?" And he didn't know. So the end of the game in the tie, and then it was Bud's brilliant idea after that to say, "Well, we can't have that again. So let's uh, let's make this game count for something." And ever since then, there you go, home field advantage. So. Uh, one last thing for you to do now, uh, if you can just work on those Fred Mantha secret audio clips, uh, you just keep up the good work, Scotty. Uh, tell the boys I said hi. Thanks. Now,
0: Alan, that was a very clear and thorough explanation of the reason that the All-Star game has World Series home field advantage implications. Was it not? It
1: has no place on this program. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, but, but what is our motto, Alan? Um, the home of the all weather fan? No. Oh, no. Shit. Um, uh, if you're shaking it more than three times, you're playing with it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs>
0: it's there's more than one way to skin a cat. Oh, of course. And that is why uh, I would like to counter Don's very, again, very clear and eloquent explanation. Right. Of that rule with what I think is, uh, an apologies to everyone else who's ever written to us. The best email we've ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> this email comes to us from one of our very fine colleagues at Section 336. Their show, of course, at uh, BaltimoreSportsReport.com network or at their website, Section336.com. Matthew Sroka, one of the members of the creative team over on that show, wrote the following uh, in response to episode 58, which you may remember had an Aldous Huxley-themed introduction. Mm -hmm. He writes, I very much appreciated the dystopian opening to your last episode. Brave New World was truly prophetic, and I think you were on to something, having this as your opening to a discussion about the All-Star Game. Hmm. Many of the ideas present in Brave New World also present themselves in the All-Star Game. For example, in Brave New World, everyone belongs to everyone else. And as All-Stars, the players are asked to give up their team's identity for the moment and pretend as if they all belong solely to the American or National League team. Oh man, that makes it sound much more creepy than I thought about before. Yeah. Furthermore, one of the more subtle ideas of Brave New World is this concept of control through constantly entertaining the people. Because if the people are busy being entertained, then they won't question the system. Major League Baseball... Or should I use the term world state? (laughs) Thought? This is the best email we've ever (laughs) gotten.
1: Major League Baseball. time you can compare Major League Baseball to the world state, you're doing very well.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because we had that whole rant in our show about World Series. Sure. And it's not an international thing. Um, anyway, Major League Baseball, or should I use the term World State, thought that if fans were actually giving a, given a week in the middle of the season that lacked entertainment, the people may start to question things, or even worse, move on to another form of entertainment. Oh. So the solution that the Major League Baseball came up with was to make the All-Star game more entertaining and worth watching by absurdly giving it playoff implications. And thus, like drones... We watch the Home Run Derby, an All-Star game, and we're so busy talking about how exciting and important the game is that we ignore, as you put it, the logical fallacies of the All-Star game.
1: Dang. Well, I, I have something to add to that. Oh, okay. Because uh, I have, much like Matt, been thinking a lot about dystopia mm-hmm. and my theories of Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And because, hey, it's Tuesday, sure. and that's what you do. <laughs> it's you know an average day and i actually think that there is a third dystopic over to be injected into this discussion beyond orwell and beyond huxley a third dystopic oeuvre oh what now (laughs) how do you say that word i have no idea (laughs) i think that tolkien is actually the dystopic hero that we should or the dystopic writer that we should reference when thinking about major league baseball Go on. The Eye of Sauron, this flaming, terrifying visage that appears in the sky only after you have done something to draw attention to yourself, is actually a fairly good analogy for how Major League Baseball currently deals with the steroid scandal. Whoa. (laughs) Unlike a situation in which the Major League Baseball organization appears to be all-knowing, because they certainly are not when it comes to anything that has to do with who has been cheating when. In fact, I think that only after someone like Tony Bosch sticks his hand out there and puts the one ring on his finger, (laughs) thus drawing the attention of Major League Baseball, the news media, and everybody else to his uh, little, little clinic out there in Miami, then then, and only then is the eye of Sauron in this horrifying potential future focused on what the actual issue is. The rest of the time it's sort of blankly looking out over a, over a hellscape where orcs are running hither and yon.
0: I, I think I see what's going on here. Mal. I think I see what's going on. I think you and Matt want to take over this show and have it be something where you sit around in your tweed suits Sure. And your little uh, mustache-waxed mustaches. over <laughs> Yeah. You're drinking your chamomile, and you're analyzing literature. Sure. Well, maybe I should just go back to the damn Andes, <laughs> fall off a few more bikes, and think about my choices in life. Well, we do have one final,
1: I think, brilliant observation. Oh, that's right. We do. Uh, to close this amazing listener mailbag.
0: Yes. Um, and may I say... Uh, Listeners, your emails are a wonderland. <laughs> a
1: second John Mayer reference here. Yep, yep.
0: I'm gonna find a way to get a third one in. Please we no. only have a few minutes left, but I'm gonna find a way. Uh, last week, if you listened to episode fifty nine, you heard the ace analysis
1: of our guest Ben K back. Uh, you didn't hear much of me, for which I apologize, but you yeah, whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. How was Trenton, by the way? Oh <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely, uh, definitely one of those situations where Trenton makes a lot of bad things (laughs) and not much in terms of cell
0: phone reception. One of my favorite things, Ben K. He also said a lot of smart things about baseball, but one of my favorite things he said in last week's episode was, I guess in this case, Trenton takes, (laughs) by the way, what we're referring to is the fact that Alan was calling into the show from an Amtrak train, which by the way is very valiant of you. And I appreciate that you did that. Uh, And right around Trenton, uh, either the cell phone Cut out, or Alan decided to go explore the <laughs> Trenton Art Museum.
1: <laughs> I'll never tell.
0: <laughs> because we lost him. Uh, anyway, Ben writes in um, in the wake of Nikki Delmonico being traded uh, to the Brewers for K Rod, um, Ben Kayback writes in Nikki Delmonico sounds like a name Anthony Weiner would use in a chat room. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Which is. Really funny. (laughs) For those of you who don't know what that's a reference to, shame. Yeah, have you not been on the internet? (laughs) That was literally everywhere. (laughs) What we're talking about is um, the fact that... danger. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony Weiner, who already, wow, (laughs) given what he's done. Uh, Anthony Weiner, who, as you of course know, because you are a student of the political climes in which we exist... Uh, had to leave Congress for sending lewd pictures of his downtown pieces uh, <laughs> to various anonymous ladies of the internet. Um, he uh, then continued doing that. <laughs> Despite being in therapy for a sex addiction. Yep. He continued interacting with women anonymously over the internet using the moniker Carlos Danger. And uh, what was the name of the woman he was writing to? I don't know. Her name was like Susie Sex Machine or something. That wasn't it. It's if, if you can believe it, it's more absurd than that. I'm gonna look it up. I, I have trouble believing it's more absurd than that. <laughs> well, it's it's more creative than that. I just it's, tried to write uh Carlos into the internet
1: and I wrote Scarlos. Here's a question for you while you're while you're looking that up. Yes. After having been caught once mm-hmm. and then deciding to once again plunge into the political sphere Mm -hmm. how 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 do you expect not to get caught in what world well
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was the sound of carlos danger ladies and gentlemen (laughs) whispering into our ears no but this is the thing you were saying how does one expect having been once busted yeah Not to be
1: busted again? You know how the internet works at this point. You know you cannot be anonymous. I would ask the same question (laughs) of, are you ready for this? Ryan Braun and Alex Rodriguez.
0: (laughs) Boom! (laughs) Oh my God. And her name was Sydney Leathers. No kidding. That's true. That is a goddamn fact, my brother. (laughs) City leathers
1: does not make sense.
0: That's her real name. Wow, that wasn't her internet. That, name. That's not a Carlos Danger. No, <laughs> no this is Carlos Danger. <laughs> now, would you like to know something hilarious? Do you know why the the display ads that are playing on my computer are in Spanish? Why it's that? because my computer thinks I'm still in, still Peru. in the damn Andes. <laughs> We
1: are all out of time today, folks.
0: (laughs) We are out of time, and we're not going to end on a higher plane than the Andes. Bang! (laughs) Uh, Well, what what else is there to say, really? Please, please check out the Baltimore Sports Report Network, baltimoresportsreport.com. In all seriousness, we are very excited to be a part of this. Check
1: out our partner shows. Get at us on the twitters. Do it at b morons at b morons at a Smith for our time at Sam Dingman
0: and BaltimoronsPodcast.com is where you can find all of our episodes and the links to contact us as these fine people did this evening. Uh, now, do you notice, Alan, that um, sometimes when we do the outro of the show, things like slow down a little bit, like <laughs> we just don't want to leave. We don't want to leave. It, it, it's like. We're slow dancing in a burning room. And there's your third John Mayer reference for the (laughs) evening. (laughs) Decided to go obscure. That's kind of a deep cut from Continuum, which came out in 2006. Not that I'm a fan. Can you name the music that we're listening to right now as we go out? Nope, I probably can't. (laughs) But you got John Mayer nailed. (laughs) Got it nailed. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the music you've heard on the program is, I'm going to get it right on the first (laughs) try, Marshall York wrote the theme song, we play the song Birdland by Weather Report. It's the interstitial music. As the interstitial music, and on the outro, it is the Black Crows with the song Kicking My Heart Around. My name is Sam
1: Dingman. This is Alan Smith. We'll
0: talk to you next week.